This is Danny Cullip, and you're listening to the Fulham Focus Podcast. Well, if the boot fits, my God, what a ridiculous moment in such a high octane game of football we're watching right now never have we seen anything like it before and to be honest never have we done anything like this before because at the moment me Boney and Stato are watching it live right now before we're about to enter the realms of penalty shootout with Tottenham Hotspur it looks like we are taking it to the North Londoners once again this week and fighting quite valiantly it's all north 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 this pod where we'll talk about our immediate reactions to this game and our point proven at the Emirates with a trip even further north north to the treble winners Manchester City this weekend with me like I said are Stato and Boney recording straight after full tot i'm j mac and this is your full and focused podcast right what's happening now Fulham. right guys okay so um this is a nice new thing we're doing um we should probably talk about uh how well we've played and also i think the main point really bony is is the boot situation it seems like an episode of uh well a movie version of cinderella and kenny tete's case one what the fuck is going on I I don't know. You can probably say the kit man should have been ready with a spare boot, but he did have to run a long way to get it. It as soon as that happened, I went. They're going to bloody score now, and yeah, of course they went and bloody scored because it it it's just one of those things. And I always thought that the kit man could run on or chuck one on, and you'd have a couple of minutes to add on at the end, and jobs are good. Exactly. Apparently not. Apparently you let Tottenham score. That's what happened when your boot gets split open. Yeah. Stout, what are your thoughts on this? You'd think, like, like as Boney says, that they'd be able to throw a shoe on or they'd have some spare shoes or the referee would think, you know what, I'll, I'll stop play here. What was even? I thought it was funny to begin with. It was not even a laughing matter when as soon as they scored from it, I saw you know Kenny Tete running along the byline and all the Tottenham fans giving him such abuse. And I was thought it was quite amusing. But now this is some kind of the most Fulham thing that could ever happen. It is the most Fulham thing to have happened. I've seen before in, in games where kit men do throw boots on and players even change boots, you know, I've, I've seen examples of, but apparently <laughs> apparently, we didn't pack the spare boots on the sidelines this time around. And do you think it was you, really unfortunate how it happened? Do you think Marco's got them at the top of the uh, riverside, wherever he's been exiled to? He's just got all the boots and he's, he's just looking uh, down. He might he's do. just whispering to the guy next to him, oh, fuck, I've got all the boots. Oh, what am I going to do? I mean, if he did, <laughs> if he did I'd, I'd, write, I'd write it. I reckon he could have thrown it down anyway. You know, there's, there's enough. Yeah, that's true. Enough space there for him to have done it. But no, it's just a really unfortunate, annoying situation that, yeah. of course, is going to lead to a goal. Like, I said at the weekend, why. Why do always just unfortunate things happen to us against big teams? Mm. And this trend is just continuing. And yeah, it's it's just frustrating. But you can't help but laugh in the situation. I, I like tried that. explaining just... the situation actually to my wife, who was sat next to me, and I said everything that happened with Kenny Tetty and the boot, and he just, just a huge pause, and she just said, "These sort of things tend to happen to Fulham quite a lot." It's just like they exactly that. It's it's like a yeah. curse almost. It's really funny. What's what's ironic, right, is that people like to go on about how we're we're the team that defies the stats because yeah. we have luck on our side. But look at everything that's happening to us. Look at, look at all these instances. Like they add up, and it, that is—it's purely bad luck. There's no way to explain how these things are happening. Yeah, and like we're—you know—no one can tell us that we're the lucky team. We are just got this infinite amount of bad luck that just keeps happening to us again and again let's, and again. 
Let's not talk about luck moments before a penalty shootout. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. Let's, let's try not to jinx this any more than our brains are already doing for us exactly. right now. Yeah, it's, it's quite fun doing this, actually. Like I said, we've never done this before. But do you think the Tottenham fans, Boney, will be thinking, you know, that we've ridden our luck a bit? Which, but I, I don't know. I think that the own goal was beautifully set up by us and Kearney and stuff. I thought our play was brilliant in the opening 45 minutes. Well, the opening 10 minutes, even. We were no match for them. I, I thought we've looked really good all the way through. Yeah, um, we, we've got some usual guys that are on the bench starting. I, I've thought um, Adama looked pretty pretty good. The game plan clearly was to lump it to him and see what he could do for the first the first forty five, and it seemed to work. Um, so it's I thought we've looked pretty tidy, and I was not expecting us to. I was expecting a weaker squad as well. So I'm really pleased with how it's gone. Of course penalties now oh look we've got someone who can actually take a penalty taking Andreas the Burr. first penalty. why would you say that? <laughs> I'm, yeah. if, I'm trying I'm, I'm trying i'm trying to be positive which i know is not something any fulham fan should ever be um mm. but, oh, come on Pereira. okay so this andreas Pereira taking <laughs> this could be such a weird podcast for everyone but, uh, j mac uh, now commentating down at the hemi i'd least. be the worst i'd be the worst person commentating oh dear very nice yeah. very nice yeah, 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 Pereira, yeah, yeah. very good see so ne- never in doubt boys never in doubt oh man it would be really I nice the, to uh, the status statistically the team that takes penalty kicks first statistically wins more often but, yeah, but come on, why would you say that? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> We're just saying it all. Brilliant. Brilliant. I quite like Tottenham's new kit. On, we need to release our third kit soon. I'm trying. You like that? I don't know. It's kind of like a rose gold vibe to it. I don't know. Maybe not. Uh, Dunn, producer like Dunn a, is. A dirty clay kind yeah, of Yeah, producer Dunn agrees with you. He thinks it looks shite. There you go. That's fine. Up steps the captain, Mr. Son. Oh, God. Uh, come on Rodat this would be a great moment for him to save one of these and get us through to the next round oh it went the right oh, way nearly, uh, nearly nearly this is podcast gold isn't it I, I would say that I think uh, I mean Adama Traore was very good this game I thought I mean obviously still his pace runs away with him a little bit would you say Bonnie? but I mean I, I think very some very nice crosses from him this game He's he's looked dangerous and it's brought back memories of that goal against us as well. There's a couple of times, but again, you know, it's that touch just seems to let him down a little bit, but Hey, I think he's, he's getting game time. He's, he's being released to do what he does. Yeah. And that can only be a good thing. Oh, him. Big one up from Jimmy. Yep. Oh. Here comes Jimenez. Very nice. Yeah. Oh, oh, I love that. So good. That's such a good pen. That's so calm. I, I'd like him. Yeah, I, I know what you mean. Uh, I know what you mean. There's a few. Uh, there are a few people on Twitter at the moment that are quite, I don't know, overly positive that he's going to get into double figures this season. Um, I don't think that's going to happen. But he, I think there can be a little bit of a renaissance for him for sure. Let, let's just start with one. Yeah, uh, let's start let's with just one. Get him off the mark and go from there. Let's count that one, and then we'll talk about how he's going to get bagged for the. Surely, Mana Solomon <laughs> is going to miss. Like that's that's the dream, isn't it? Or has he been subbed? I don't know. I think he's, uh, he's been subbed okay. off. I think. Oh, that's a great penalty by oh, Kulusevski. I think for Kulusevski, he's just scored. That's a fantastic pen. Well, any other thoughts on this game, Stato? We've got dead air here, and I don't want everyone to feel like this is. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think they're just I'll, hearing we, stress we, we, come across on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I, th- I think we played very well. I think. Muniz um, had a very good game. I I think he showed his limitations in that he's not quite at that level yet to be a regular starter. Mm. 
but he was very energetic, threw himself about, had a good head of that, almost went that in. That would have been brilliant, wouldn't it? Oh, Oh my god, that was a Gary. Well, I don't know. I I wasn't sure. I thought he skied it. (laughs) I don't know what happened there, but it went in. He looks a bit relieved. There was a moment there. He was very clenched, wasn't he? Yeah. Oh god. Oh goodness me. I can't remember. Oh, to be fair, that was a really good penalty. Like, there was. Yeah. It just looked like it balled everywhere. Marcus Silva's laughing about it with his mate up in the the box. It's fine. He's doing exactly what we just did. Yeah. Went in, it's all right. But there's a lot to say. Is that Davinson Sanchez? It is, yeah. Oh, God. We were linked with him. That's a bit of transfer gossip coming up there. Miss it. Yes! yes come on! Yes, yes, oh, yes Marek, Absolutely class. Love it. Brilliant. Right. How many more have we got to score to win this? Two. Uh, two more. Crikey. Okay, let's go. Score this. Roddick saves it. We're done. Oh, man. If you're tuning... I mean, people listening to this will obviously heard the news by the morning, but still... <laughs> Electric stuff. If not spoiler, yeah, I know exactly. Someone was saying, someone was saving it on like record last night and just decided to listen to the pod first. Idiot. Uh, no, that's a bad. bad I'm sure someone will complain. Well, who we got yeah. now? Who was that? Who is that? Hell is that? Oh, it's like Apollonia. Oh, okay. Brilliant. Yes. Beautiful. Yes. Oh, yes. God, I love, I love it. it. He's electric. His passion, man. Yes. God oh. damn it. Right. Come on, save this road and it's done. He he can never leave, can he? He just has to stay forever now. I would. I mean, a lot of people are suggesting that he should be made captain to try and lure him longer. But I mean, I think he's you know, it doesn't need to. He doesn't need to be captain. No. He's already just let him keep doing that. Hundred percent. Actually, wait a bit. Why has Polinia got no number or name on the back of his? Because he um he got a bloody face, so he had to take the shirt oh, off. All right, okay. Oh, James Madison. Maddo. This would be nice. He missed for Leicester last year, I remember. Shush, game. Sh- you stato, stop you it. pinhead Burke, come on, miss it. No. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Who's taking number five for us then? Oh, jeez, Louise. Okay. Rodak. <laughs> stop celebrating. Stop celebrating with your keeper. Don't talk to him. Who, who's on the pitch still? Oh god, it's going to be someone that's going to make your heart drop, isn't it? It's going to be it's going to be a defender. It's, it's, going, to, it's going to be Tim Ream, isn't it? Luke Harris. Or Tim unless yeah, unless Harris or Francois step up. Yeah, go on, lads. If it's Francois, that would be interesting because that's the that's the sub that Silver made, and it could be quite. Uh, who is it? Oh, Kenny. God, Kenny. Oh, not the boots! Oh, not no. the boots! The boots! The boots! It's going to come full oh, circle. Oh goodness me! Oh god! The Here we go! Good oh. luck, my son. Yes! yes! Come on! Yes! Brilliant! Oh, oh, new, new boot does the job. Revenge of are. the boot. Yes. Fantastic. <laughs> and there's yeah. the name of the Oh, lads. Yes. Revenge of the boot. We'll call it Revenge of the Boot. Why not? Um, we yeah. might. Das boot. Than, uh, it's better than the one we came up with earlier, isn't it? Rasputin? And oh, no, that doesn't work. <laughs> that doesn't work either. Oh, lads. Great stuff. Well done. Well wow. done, them. Get I'm annoyed there. I didn't go to this one, unfortunately. Um, I'm I'm doing this instead. <laughs> it was a pleasure watching with you guys. I felt like I was there. So let's. I mean, that's 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 a, wow. That's nice. So let's talk about this now, lads. We've been talking for 13 minutes about just watching the penalties and stuff. So this result is a very good result to leap us into Man City. Um, what a fantastic moment for Merritt Rodak as well. After all the speculation, he might be going out on loan to Ipswich or whatever, and this new guy, uh, Stephen Bender, coming in. Yeah, what fantastic for him. So, Stato, I mean, what are your thoughts on this game as we sort of sum this up? I mean, the, the substitutions were quite quite key, particularly Harry Wilson, I thought, coming on for Troyer at one point. I wasn't sure about it, but he seemed to 
keep things together and some ni- nice passages of play from them. Yeah, I think overall, if, if we look at this as a whole season now, we've had four games and we've played Arsenal, we've played Spurs, obviously played Brentford, and we've only lost one of those. And we're now on a run of, well, we've had two, two this counts as a win, two wins, a draw and a loss. That's a really good record and a really strong start to the season. So actually getting a results today was quite important. And I was quite glad to see that we did quite a strong lineup. And then the changes, like you mentioned, I think were quite positive changes, bringing on Wilson on about the 60 minute mark as well. Where Silver, he doesn't normally do early changes like that. Maybe, maybe that was Boa taking control for once or, mm. <laughs> um, just changing things up but it was nice to see a nice early positive change wasn't sure at the time like you said because I think Troy was quite good but you know he's a, he has only just signed yeah. getting 60 minutes out of him that might be down to match fitness a little bit but it's really good to see that we have on that right side now we have two good options who provide different assets you know you have Troy with that raw direct speed and pace mm-hmm who can just run down that byline. And then you've got Wilson, who's a bit more technical. He's got that finesse. He can cut in a bit more. We have those two different options that we can keep just changing it up. And it's really good to see that when we did make those changes, we were able to, as a team, we were able to adapt to that quite quickly. Mm. So that I think, you know, the win was fantastic, but there's a lot of positive signs from that yeah. performance to take as well, I think. What were your thoughts on Bobby Dacodova read this game, Boney? Because I will say, actually, the, the one other highlight of the game, you've got the boot and you've got um, the, the own goal and obviously the penalties that has happened. But obviously, Dacodova read missed a really, really good chance that could have made it 2-1 earlier. Um, I, I think, but I, I, despite that, I'd say Bobby still is very much pushing for a place in this team. I thought he looked quite lively. But uh, I, I know it's sacrilege to say anything against our Jamaican army knife, but mm. that that miss was not good. Um, I, I think we we probably put a bit too much on him, pressure on him to, to just do everything, don't we? But Maybe. Again, he's playing really well. He's creating chances. He's getting in really good spaces. He's a da- he's a danger man. So I, I think it's it's looking good. And I think, you know, the miss, fair enough. We, we've all done that at five aside, haven't we? So we can't really say too much, let alone at the cottage. Yeah. But it doesn't matter. We we it didn't matter in the end. We've won, and I'm now just enjoying all the my Spurs mates sending me abuse on WhatsApp. Oh, fantastic! So I can just it's, mate, it's great fun. I love it when this happens. Mate, lap it up, my friend. I uh, got to say, yeah. I saw in the in the WhatsApp group, uh, Dylan was making a suggestion if we actually drew this game, and if we won on penalties, we should call the name of the pod "Draw for London Derby" because obviously our our draw against Arsenal. I mean, I don't know if that's a very good pod title, but it's it's uh, kudos to him for actually predicting it correct. But we'll need to talk about the Emirates really briefly, Stato, because uh, obviously we're doing playing all the right notes here, but just in the wrong order. But we, we should talk about it because it is a very huge point for us. And just your general thoughts on that, what felt like a win with the Jaapolinia uh, equaliser. Yeah. Um, I thought it was ages ago now. We just watched a penalty shootout and, uh, and a win. Yeah. But casting my mind back to Saturday, again, I'd say it was another positive performance. Given the amount of, not to say chaos, but uncertainty that is happening behind the scenes, or what feels like uncertainty behind the scenes at the moment with the lack of transfers, with the outgoings, 
just everything. It was really reassuring to see that despite all of that, we can still put on a good performance against arguably one of the best teams in the league at the moment. A team that has been tipped to win the league or go toe-to-toe with City this year that we went to their ground and we looked quite comfortable. We got a bit of luck in the first, you know, opening few minutes and Pereira took his goal very well. And we were quite comfortable throughout the whole game. And then Tese, unfortunately, made a bad error, conceded the penalty. And then their goal to go ahead, there was just a mad moment of 10 to 15 minutes there where we went behind, Bassi got a sense off, suddenly we're playing with 10 men and suddenly it looked like, oh, it's going to be a 2-1 loss. We're going to be bitterly unlucky again. And then from out of nowhere, Palinia just got his you know, his goal, which you magically predicted on the uh, on the previous pod, may I say. Thank you. And yeah, we, we somehow, I don't want to say somehow come over the point, because a point is what we deserved, but given those circumstances at the end, we did somehow come away with that point and it was just a fantastic performance overall. Yes, but you say also somehow and also the circumstances at the end. I mean, I want to talk about the circumstances actually right from the beginning, Bonnie, because we were very fortunate with the misplacing of, well, the misplacing of himself from um, Ramsdale and obviously the help that we had from Saka with assisting it. Um, But scoring a goal that early, um, I was there and I just, I turned to everyone around me and I just thought, well, first of all, I didn't get a chance to celebrate properly because you're just sort of like, what? Like, because it happened so fast, you didn't expect it. So I, I didn't really go for it as much as I would have liked to have done with celebration. But also, when you score that early, every 10 minutes feels like 25. I mean, like it felt like half an hour had been played already and it was only 13 minutes in. So you know you're in a, for a, a bit of a long day of it if you score that early. But th- what I'm really going with this was, who would you say was the luckier side from this? Because you can argue that well, our first goal was lucky, but... I'd say also Arsenal were very lucky with how they scored by the fact that they technically injured Bassey and still scored from it and the referee didn't stop fucking play. I, I I thought we deserved the point and I thought Arsenal were scrapping for the draw. Right. They did not they didn't I didn't think they looked particularly great. You you were there, I had to watch the highlights because I was moving house. Fair. Um but it was it was one of those things where as soon as you see you score in the first minute. It was bad enough lugging boxes, knowing we still had 75 minutes after I found out we were winning. Um, so for you, it must have been off. But I, I think <laughs> I think our, that sort of thing there, all credit to Pereira. I don't think that was a cross. That was him trying to dink it under the keeper off his line. Uh, whatever Danny Murphy says, you can blow it out his ass um, <laughs> on match of the day. Um, I, I, th- I thought that was a beautifully taken goal. And I thought we played really, really well. And they got... Yeah, even when they had ten men for we had ten men for the last few few minutes, we were still pressing high. We were still well. Joao was putting in enough tackles for everybody, left, right, and center, and he he got he got the equalizer was, that was worth it. Mm. I think we were good for the point, and I think Arsenal did not look like the title wannabes that they they hoped they are. No, and I think a lot of their fans were complaining with just the amount of uh, sort of bingo Arteta's been playing with putting for instance, Thomas Party at right back and all these sort of wishy-washy uh, positions and stuff. I, I've got to say, I thought 
I thought Jimenez was great this game. Um, didn't score, obviously, but very much a dark horse in terms of his effort and um, all the work he was doing off the ball. But also the amount of headers he was winning was insane uh, with trying to connect up play. I thought he had a fantastic game. Stat, I'm going to ask you this because it ties in quite nicely to when we about to preview City. We said last season that we didn't get enough big scalps on the road. And I think this is maybe a nice maybe preview for our season where we might actually get a few more this time because getting a point at the Emirates is no mean feat and I'm not suggesting for any minute that we're going to start getting three points at the Etihad next week but it definitely looks like an improvement already I mean would you say that the amount of points we've got so far is actually quite decent compared non-considering the 3-0 to Brentford obviously I think I think it is I think at the start of the season if you had told me we were going to get four points from the opening four games big assumption that we're going to lose to City at the Etihad there but four points from four games before going into the international break I think most of us would have taken that and we would have been like yeah that sounds right that sounds fair we'll we'll take that and we can build on that would I have said that a point would have come from the Emirates absolutely not but it does show how scrappy we are at the moment and I mean scrappy in a really positive way in that we fight tooth and nail for the full 90 minutes and we that's kind of the identity that we're starting to forge now I think watching the Spurs game just now it made me kind of reaffirm that that we're playing Tottenham Hotspur who have under Ange Postacoglu have started really well they're now this new this new Spurs who have who are growing now they've lost Harry Kane and that they're going to play this really positive football that they've just come to us we've just beat them on penalties and we didn't look out of our depth at all we we held our own we were arguably the better team we conceded an unfortunate goal and with a few more additions before the end of the window we're going to look a really top top package in the Premier League and being a good level a good Premier League team like that we can expect, or I'd like to think we can expect, to get some results against those big teams and do it more frequently than we have done in previous years as well, I think. Well, it's interesting because there has been a lot of doom and gloom over the last week, even though we won at the Emirates, well, before then with the transfers, and obviously no one likes losing 3-0 to your nearest rivals in Brentford, and that was awful. But just with the transfer situation, AEW coming to town, everyone was being quite depressed but I think what a lot of people forgot we had played we played really really well last season against teams in the top six and it really reminded us all when we were playing Arsenal of how good and dogged we can be and like you said their stato actually being you know like really like nitty-gritty against teams it's a really nice thing to watch and I'm really impressed that we still have that mentality that sort of siege mentality of you know, not giving up a lead as best we can and just fighting on. I mean, we'll talk about Man City now, and I'll go to you, Barney, with this. I mean, we've not beaten Man City since 2009, and we last time we draw with them was in 2011. So, I mean, you, you might like to hope we do something soon, right? Yeah, we're going to win, let's face it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I think I think we've... these. I don't want to call this game a free hit because it can be a cricket score against you if you're not thinking, but it's, it's Man City. There's... There's no expectations on us except that we're going to lose, and they, you know, this is this is the big test, isn't it, to see how you fare against what is an incredible footballing side. So, yeah, 
no Mitro. Everybody else is stepping up. Goals are coming from throughout the team. So, you know, the fact that people were writing us off because we didn't have Mitro to score all our goals is already being put to bed. They're pressing better. I still think our passing is a little bit wayward uh, and that could be a real problem against City. But this one is the one everybody looks to because you want to play the best. You want to see how you measure up against the best. And I think, you know, there's, we saw it tonight. There's a fire in this team. They were, everybody was crunching in. Everybody was breaking quick. We were trying different things, which is something I've been crying out for, for ages, you know, building up from the back and, and things hasn't been working going long to Adama tonight. It looks like there's trying to be more strings to our bow and the best way to figure out what's working and what's not is against possibly the best team in the world. Your thoughts on that, Stato? I mean, is there anything that we can take from this Arsenal point that we've got and also this victory over Tottenham Hotspur that we can bring to the Etihad with us, would you say? Yeah, absolutely. I think, not just our performances, but looking at City's performances as well, then they haven't really got going yet. They're still playing particularly slow. But the annoying thing with them is even though they're not playing well, they're winning. Like Sheffield United put up a really solid performance against them and they got it back to one all and yet they still found a way to win. And I don't think that's a dis- I don't think that's disheartening for them. And I don't think it would be disheartening for us either that if we were to go to the Etihad and we put up another good performance like we do like we do like we've done against Arsenal and we've done against Spurs, for us to then come away with a loss, I don't think it'll be a disheartening thing. I think if we can put in those levels again and actually, you know, show that we're a very capable football team. It doesn't matter. It, it sounds weird, but it, it won't matter that we'll potentially lose. It will show that we can still hold our own. We can still play them. But at the same yeah. time, this is this is Man City. Unfortunately, this is Man City at the Etihad, where you're going to have the Viking up top running and probably scoring a goal. You're going to have. Mm-hmm. A, Bernardo Silva, Jack Grealish, Foden in the middle now, the points out injured. There's going to be all that quality that we're going to go up against. But as long as we kind of put in a good performance and we show that scrappiness that we've shown in these last two games, I think that's still a performance we can be a, we can be proud of and take positives from. Well, with that steel and scrappiness, Boney, would you would you think that Marco's considering? Having Calvin Bassey back in the lineup next to uh, D up for this match, you like to think so, I guess, because Reem, you know, wasn't started. Uh, sorry, Reem started the last one, but obviously that's because Calvin has got a red card for it. So I'm just like to think of your your thoughts. Ask me the tricky ones, why don't you? Because <laughs> I thought Reem did really well tonight. <laughs> um, yeah, he did. It's you say that he also looked terrible against Brentford. So yeah, I, I think I think. Diop and Bassi is probably the way he's going to be wanting to go through this season. I think throwing Bassi straight back in after that's probably the right thing to do. Because if you drop if you drop him after what was a stupid sending off, then we get into this thing where we're talking confidence. But I think probably be Diop and Bassi starting. Um, we'll probably be able to pick the team reasonably reasonably straightforwardly. I don't think it's going to be that that rocket scientist. Yeah. 
Because I don't think it changes much from Arsenal, really. I mean, the, if you put the, the, the lovely victory just now against Tottenham Hotspur aside, you want to do the same things, really, that we did to Arsenal that we're going to do to Man City in terms of playing away from home, in terms of being a team that plays under that sort of Pep Guardiola style of football. I'd like to think that I'd like to think that Lukic will play again next to Polinia Stata. There seems to be something happening there, I would say. He's definitely developing from the player he was last season a bit. Yeah, definitely. I think we'll see the same starting eleven that we did against Arsenal. Okay. And that will include Lukic, who has started the season very strongly. I, I think I was in the pre-season pod and we all said that, you know, Lukic having a whole pre-season under his belt with us, we'll actually get to see the real him, the player that, you know, the true player that he can be. And we are seeing that. And like I said, him next to Polinia, it's kind of that really nice barrier that we can see in that midfield now. And it's tough because it means Reed would have to miss out. But there's a luxury there in that between Reed and Lukic, we've got two very solid midfield options. Yeah. who provide different strengths. And let's not forget, Reed was a very good substitute against Arsenal. You know, he set up the goal. You know, that was the corner that he took for Polinia as yeah. a winner, am I yeah. correct? So, and I mean, and he, he, he put in a very good performance against Spurs today as well. So there's right. a kind of a, there's some good competition there at the moment. And it's needed competition, actually, because, you know, last year, we before, you know, Lukic was a bit slow in January. So it was kind of just Reed and Polinia that we had to rely on. So it's really good that, you know, we've now got Lukic up to speed and it does provide that little bit of competition to see, you know, to try and get the absolute best out of both of them. And personally, I think I'd go Lukic for the City game just because it did work very well against Arsenal. I'd I'd, I'd want to retain and keep that. Funny, would you like to keep Traore on the bench like he was for Arsenal? Or do you think actually there's an element to him that might be useful for starting against City in terms of his pace and transitioning, counter-attacking, whatever the hipsters like to say nowadays? I'm tempted to have him on the bench. Okay. Just just for how City invert their fullbacks, bring it in. There's that little bit of space in the in the corners where the fullbacks would normally be. I think late in the game bringing him on pins them back a bit, which gives a little bit more space in midfield. I just think he's, he would be really, really tidy to have into those spaces, especially, especially if it's a tight game and, and city are pushing forward. Um, and I think having that, as Stato was saying, having that pivot of, of um, Palinia and, and Lukic there, that I think could cause some nice space to release somebody like Adama to, race in and cause some havoc. That'd be good. That'd be good. I mean, and so Stata was also talking about competition there. So I think we should now move on to competition that is newly arising for certain players. Now, transfers, guys. We've got uh, less than four days now. I mean, it, actually, what time, what time is it? It's, ele- it's nearly 11pm here. So we've got three days exactly nearly until the transfer window ends, I think. And that basically means... Uh, let me just get that right. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Yeah, that's exactly right. So let's just think. We've got Castagna. Timothy Castagna has just come in uh, for Kenny Tete. What, what are your thoughts on that, Stato? Because I, a lot of people are quite snobby about it. I think it's actually a really shrewd signing. I think it's an, an intelligent signing. It's not just cover for Tete, but Castagna, as you showed at Leicester, can play both sides of fullback. So we've essentially got 
the a utility type fullback man who can cover both positions, which is good as needed. I think he for Leicester he was always quite a, a quite a uh, reliable type of player. Can play in the wing back row as well in case we ever go to fight at the back. And yeah, I think it's just a smart type signing. I think it's the type of signings we need to be making where we look at relegated clubs and we try and sign, you know, those players who always put in consistent performance for uh, performances for them. They're the types of players we should be targeting. So getting Castagno in that mode is, is a good positive signing for us, I think. Yeah, what are your thoughts on this, Boney, in terms of Castagna? He seems like, I mean, there was a reveal of his video, he was at the cottage about 12 years ago as a younger person, which I which I made us all believe that he was a fan. I only jumped out of my seat, he's like, wait, God damn it, I didn't know he was a Fulham fan. But unfortunately, he was just visiting uh, with some family and friends, uh, alas. But yeah, a, a good signing for Kenny Tete. I mean, it's quite expensive. I mean, it seems like it's around the 15 million euro mark. But I mean, as Stata was saying, you've got to, for, for competition, for good depth on these fullback positions that Marcus Silva likes to favour so much. You've really got to actually just show people the money and just actually make sure we stay in this league, right? Yeah. And I think with Kenny Tese, we have a known quantity who shows up and to have a backup for him to even just allow him to have a break because he played the whole season last year with his backup yeah. who's now the, <laughs> the the lesser spotted Kevin and Babu who might still be at Fulham. We don't know. We haven't haven't seen him oh, for man, a while. He's gone. Yeah. We should talk about that. Yeah, but, he's um, not. I mean, if he's not starting <laughs> against Spurs, that that must be him oh, gone. I, part part of me feels sorry for him, but the rest of me doesn't. Um, I think it's it's going to be. I think it's going to be good for Tete. I think that the flexibility that he can play on the left as well gives us a little bit of breathing room. And he seemed he seemed keen in in the introduction videos, which can normally be pretty cringe but he seemed pretty relaxed ready to to fight for it so i i like this signing it's one like we've been talking about this one for goodness what i think we i talked about this on the f- first pod with you months about ago. months ago yeah. yeah so that you know it's a good it's a good move it's a decent amount of money for a decent player so i also think that the additional castanio is a versatile fullback and also with bassi you can also play at left back almost negates the need to buy in a backup left-back now, which could potentially free up um, funds for other transfer targets that we might need to go for. I, know I did still... like those Regulon rumours, though. They were quite fun. I mean, yeah. that would have been ridiculously good, wouldn't it? Yeah, it's good, but I personally can't see that happening. It'd be great if it did, but it's, I, I don't think it will happen. But you know, like we said... Yeah, now we got Castagna in. I think there's other areas that we probably need to prioritise now in these next three days. Well, I mean, we could talk about the areas. It's been like just, I mean, since since the AEW things finished, it sounds like Tony Khan's gone on an absolute rampage and just literally just put put some steroids into him to sort of like we'll be begging him to stop making transfers by the end of it. Everyone's been complaining for so many many days now, but yeah, it seems like we're linked with Ocampos from. Uh, Seville, which returned actually, he w- we were linked with him early in the window, and it seemed like he didn't want to come to us. And now it seems like that's that's nearly done. Um, that seems like a winger who 
I'm, I'm not asking you to give us all your knowledge, Boney, of Seville and how they play and how how often you've you've watched this player. But he seems like definitely good competition for Harry Wilson and someone who can cut in. But it seems someone who's actually quite resolute off the ball as well. He seems like he wins quite a lot of duels. He's quite physical. But yeah, it looks like, I mean, you can't complain about a right winger, which we need in depth, who's won two Europa Leagues in a row, can you? We've already got two. I, I oh, we got yeah, he, Harry Wilson and Bobby Reed, haven't we? Yeah, yeah we got Harry, Adama as well. and Adama. Oh, Adama, yeah. of course. Yeah. When this popped up in the group chat earlier, and you were putting all the screenshots of his stat, he looks he looks great. And yes, he looked very good for Seville last year. The couple of games I watched when I was bored, um, but again, I'd much rather us go after positions that that we need. This is Tony Khan's happy time. After all, we have no idea what he's going to do. And let's face it, he will not be sleeping for the next few days on pro plus or steroids or whatever it is. He's going to be rocking to keep him going because this is the type of, we didn't have it last year really. So I'm thinking he's got a bit of pent up transfer deadline day angst that he's going to want to just get stuck into. And if we were talking a campus, what three weeks ago, then yeah, great, go for it. But now I, there's other places that we probably need um, more time See, and, and effort spent what, what I think is, based on the last few games we've watched, it is clear we do need some reinforcements on the wings. As good as Adama's been, as positive as Harry Wilson's been, as kind of tenacious as Bobby decadova reed has been, we're still lacking that little bit of quality, I think. There's, you know, that little bit of spark, that little bit of magic. And last year that came from Willian and for a little bit that came from Solomon. And Willian may provide that again. But for me, the question is whether our campus is that answer because for me to have that, it'd be someone more on the left side. And unless he can play on the left side as well, again, I don't have enough knowledge on a campus to know whether he can play on the left side. He can. Well. I looked it up on Transfer Mark, which is the only research I did. But yeah, he can. He can. He's played there a few times, but he, he prefers on the right, apparently. I don't know. So Who knows? Yeah. I mean, look, if this is a player that Marco wants, then sure, let's go for it. Let's do it. But, well, no, you know, another like, player Marco wants, but Stato, I mean, let's just go straight back to you with this. Alex Awobi, which everyone else is losing their hair about. Now, is that the sort of player you think is coming into sort of maybe... Because a lot of people think he might be actually coming in as like a bit of a Pereira rotation in this sort of the number 10 role. I don't know. Again, he's a bit of a Swiss army man in that, you know, he can play anywhere across the front three. He can play in midfield. I think he even played at fullback at one point for Everton. Um, a, bit like Bobby, a bit like Bobby Reid. And again, it's a player that, yeah, it's it's a good player to have, but is it a player that we need right now? And I don't know if it is the type of player that we need. Wouldn't say no to him. I'm sure he'd, you know, he'd be a, you know, a good asset to have, but I don't know if it's somebody we need. And in typical Sky Sports fashion, it went from us being close to signing him to then apparently the interest has called off. So yeah, I, yeah. I don't know how legit those rumours are anymore. I mean, I, 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 what even is real anymore when it comes to transfers? I... I don't know. It's no, we've we've learned that actually. It's. I mean, I think as, as soon as Marco Silva did that press conference saying that, that there is absolutely no interest in Moise Keane, then it makes you realise how absolute bollocks it all is, really, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, but it, it seems like we're still in 
the you know the netting for a striker pony, and I don't know where it's going to come from. There are rumours that it's this uh, full scrug guy from uh, the uh, from the Bundesliga, a German twenty nine year old striker whose numbers are good. His 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 name um, sounds like a, a video game character from some sort of fantasy RPG. Uh, full scrug, but I mean he, he he looks good, sounds good. I mean I just don't really. I know nothing about him. I just feel like we're going to have a striker out of nowhere that we won't even link to. Like Derek Origi is going to be in advanced negotiations with us by the by the end of deadline day. I don't know. It feels like we are definitely. Well, it does feel like we are definitely going to get a striker because Carlos Vinicius is being not being played. You would have thought he'd be played tonight against Tottenham Hotspur, but it was Mooners instead, which makes you feel like we're definitely about to lose another striker. I feel sorry for Vinny. I think he he was. He was played as a Mitro and he's not a Mitro. I've said this on the pod before and hell, he scored the goal against Chelsea, which still makes me happy just thinking about it. But that aside, yes, there will be another striker. Again, the names that keep popping up are names I have never heard of the, you know, the guy from Sky. I keep doing it with such a smile because I know you have no idea. And like, to be honest, none of us do, but we're all much better at bullshitting than you are. <laughs> so it's just quite fun to just sort of, you know, I just smile at you and be like, you know, have you heard of Full Scrug before? <laughs> or like w- Windle, who's like another left bat from Ajax, apparently, who we've been linked with, you know, all Convent these names. Zabata. Yeah, exactly. They, they all yeah. sound like characters out of Skyrim. I'm sorry. It's, yeah, it's, yeah, there you it's, go. Skyrim. That's the example I needed. It, it's nuts. Thank this you. is yeah. This is two hosts who are usually you know getting out of difficult questions by asking the guests. Now you're playing me. Thanks for that, mate. Um, sorry, man. <laughs> I I think I think there will be my my preference would be to skew younger because everyone who seems to be on the striker side tends to be in that sort of 27, 28, 29 bracket. You know, yeah. Raul's already come in. He's, he's 32. We, we, it would be nice to take a, take a punt on somebody who's, you know, I, I was, I was wishing we could have blown the money on um, Balogun because I thought he would have been, um, he would have been great, but that was a lot of money for someone who we, can't yeah. really take a punt on but 38 million to monaco yeah we can't do that no. we can't spend and, that yeah tax tax free south of france who's going to turn that down 100 yeah. but well i mean i'll t- tell you who won't turn it down is tosin and i, I think that's going to get wrapped up in the next couple of days that's that seems like it'll be going for like 12 to 15 million euros so that's re- that's really the position we need we need some competition for diop don't we because tosin when he came on in an arsenal game i mean i was actually surprised he was on i, I didn't realize he was actually on the bench and it just made you realize how much we need need someone of his height and his stature and his actual skill on the ball because he was brilliant in clearing some of those headers and the dying embers of that game at the Emirates. So yeah, that's that's really it's that right centre back position that we really need. And um, you know, you've got the links of Eric Dyer who didn't start against Tottenham Hotspur uh, for Tottenham Hotspur tonight. So it makes you wonder if maybe that might. Do you, do you, can you see us maybe getting Eric Dyer? Uh, maybe the issue there is if you're Eric Dyer. You want to leave Tottenham to come to a team and start regularly, and I don't know if we can offer that to Eric Dyer because we have Diop, who, yes, he made the bad the bad mistake against Brentford, but he's been very solid for us. And I agree. You know, if you die, you're expecting to come in and just start and play regularly, and I don't think we can offer that to him. We can offer him a squad position, and over time, he might be able to come in and break through and become a regular for us but not right away. So that, I guess that's a testament of how far we've come in, you know, one and a bit seasons in the Premier League. 
and yeah, you know, and he'd be a good sign to have because he can also play in the defensive midfield role as well, which would be good Palinia cover. So I always thought that was his best position as well, as a sort of like you know temporary watcher of him. <laughs> I always thought he was very good. I there, think for his biggest strength was when he was playing in a back three. Is when he play, plays best, which again doesn't really match our criteria that because we don't really do a back three that much. So yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say no, but I don't think. It's what we'll go for, and I don't think he particularly wants to come to us by the sounds of things either. I think he's quite happy to stay at Spurs and to try and fight his way back into the teams based on the reports. So, but I do agree that we will need to get someone. But again, I don't know who we've been. There's not many other centre backs we've been linked with recently, so I don't know who that would be at this point in time. I reckon. I reckon it'll be Davis and Sanchez because he's the guy who missed the penalty uh, against us tonight. That, that, that just it brings it full circle. I imagine there's something, there's something so circle of life about that. I just think it might be Davis and Sanchez. That's that's my hunch. Um, hopefully, I, I might get that right. But I don't know if I'll be overly um, happy about it like I was with the 2-2 win, as it were, against um, Emirates. So I'm not too sure. I mean, uh, going, going, going back to penalties, actually, I was, it's just... Sorry, I've, it's just remembered. Rodak and the Bender signing. Oh, yeah. If we're signing Bender as a goalkeeper, does that mean Rodak's in his way? But then Rodak's just become the hero tonight. I mean... Yeah. I don't think Rodak should have ever have been in contention to leave. I always, I, I, I think Leno is, without a doubt, our best goalkeeper since um, since Van der Sohe, in my opinion. But I, 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 I think that... Rodak still has so much quality and I feel like he's still very young. He's part of our youth academy setup. So I just, I would always like him just to stay as long as possible. And if he has to loan himself out, but also, but make sure he comes back, that would be good. Yeah. For I was, I'd love, I'd love yeah. him to stay, but game time is the best way to get experience and sure. sitting on the bench and learning from Leno is fine, but it's nothing compared to actually getting actual game time. So a loan move does sound sensible for him. But again, it's another weird one that we're getting um, Bender in, who allegedly is injured and is out injured to October. So again, it's just another weird signing that doesn't really make sense for us at this stage. I mean, I don't know much about, again, don't know much about him. I think he paid a lot for Swansea and he's you know, a keeper that's got potential. But if he's out injured, that leaves a gap in our squad where we don't have a backup keeper with Rodak goes out on loan. So it's... It's yeah, another it weird much sense. Yeah. I, I, it's a one million pound yeah. signing. Go on, Bonnie. I think I saw us put five past him the other year. So wasn't he in goal? Oh, was that yeah, right? I was. I was at that game. That was great. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's exactly so who he, you want to sign the the poor the poor kid you saw get absolutely ripped apart by. Was that the Neko Williams one to go? Yeah. Yeah. Ah, right. Well, see, that's why I want to sign Davison Sanchez because he's brought us such joy tonight as well. You see, you know that's 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 been wonderful. So, I mean, before we wrap up, do you see Bonius completing? I mean, we said we need six signings. We're one down, five to go. Do you think Tony Khan will do it if he's had enough of his um, uppers? <laughs> uh, um, no, I don't. I don't think. I don't think he will. I think the rumors of us being tight on FFP are probably true, which is why we've not seen some of the the bigger moves we've been we've been linked with. I think we'll probably see four. Um and yeah, that's a good and show. maybe two of those are loans. Um I don't I, I'm a Fulham fan. I don't have confidence in anything. So yeah. <laughs> are, 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 are we are we suddenly gonna get in loads? You know, I'd I'd love I'd love Dyer. If I was Dyer I'd be looking at D up going, yeah, I can take that place. 
but you know, it's, it's whether or not he wants to do that or take the place back at Spurs, like Stato was saying. I, I think, yeah, I think four, two perms, two loans, and I'd be more than happy to be completely wrong. But I just think things have been very odd this transfer window, and they proved yeah. last year doing it quick, doing it early works. And with everything that's gone on this year, it just seems like there's there's stuff we don't know about. And I just think they're going to be pretty cagey going into these last few days. I um, I usually love the transfer window. And I, I think this is the first time ever, maybe it's just part of growing up as Morgs likes to say to me, but I think this is the first time I, I've ever really been excited for it to end in terms of just the amount of links we've had and nothing happening on the months it's taken for it example for transfers like Castagna but yeah if we can get to a place where we get at least four in and I do I agree with Eric Dyer I think it would be a very marquee type of signing be it a loan or a permanent and you know there are elements to it that do make sense in terms of his experience of Marcus Silva hell just even speaking Portuguese you know but that is, I think we'll wrap it up there because it's gonna be we're not gonna do a pod on it we'll probably do an article of some kind and we'll we'll talk about it next week but I think buckle up because it will get a bit ridiculous we'll find you know that they'll there'll be sort of tweets from Fulham at like 1 a.m just saying are you still up yet and I'll be you know just Anguissa standing there and he's back <laughs> so, which would be incredible we'll be begging for sleep and yes indeed the, the dribble master returns, but I, I got to say that that was a, uh, that was a very nice way to, uh, to do this pod for a change. Lads. I, I, I can't believe we've, uh, <laughs> we've not Tottenham Hotspur out on the first game of the Carabao cup when they're still hunting for silverware. That's pretty, that's pretty damn funny. Can I, can I just off the night? Yeah. Bring it on. Can I, can I just give a shout out to my mate, Johnny Alford, who I've been texting with. He's the Spurs fan. who's very upset because we've broken Ange Ball already. So yeah, there we go. Always, well, always a pleasure. Broken Kenny's foot, uh, his boot. Rather, they shouldn't have broken his. He boot. He probably That's... broke his boot again when he hit that penalty as well. <laughs> oh man, he's. How did Kenny celebrate? Do you reckon? Did he take his boot off? He should have done oh, that. He, he should have just done. like. Oh, it would have been amazing. You know, I bet, bet that would be a nice it. bit of football memorabilia that would go up an auction in in. Yeah, the, the picture. Time. Yeah. The picture for this pod has to be a sort of football boot photoshopped onto the, you know, the sandal in Life of Brian. Yeah, it's the sandal. We bought. Yeah, that that's. Oh, fantastic! Yeah. We'll get Danny on yeah. that immediately. I'll tell him to do that. <laughs> so, all right, lads. Brilliant. Thank you very much for joining me. This has been a really fun episode. Um, quite quite a, quite a bit of um, I don't know, a bit of a weird one. Like listening to us uh, watch a live penalty shootout, but we've never done it before, so give us a chance. And it was it was really good fun. Either way. Thank you very much, like I said to my co-host. Thank you to Boney. Thank you to Stato. Thank you to producer Don Love. And we will be back. We will be back with a reaction to our trip to the Etihad. Thank you very much, and stay safe. Fulham.